I always say, like use this analogy yoga is a piece of gold and you're using it as a paperweight and you're using it to about 1% of it for your own like aesthetical purpose when it can actually change you know if that if you knew that was a piece of gold you you would be rich so it's about it's about not just the philosophy of of yoga but how can we practice the asanas and the breath and every other thing the mantras the journaling the introspection every day so that we are moving along our journey of inner transformation and that we reach our goal Hello everyone, welcome to episode 4 of the Deep Things podcast in conversation with Avni Talsania. As a high performing athlete on her college team, excelling in track and field, Avni Talsania was no stranger to having a well disciplined and fit lifestyle. But for the longest time, she was looking for a kind of fitness that was beyond the physical. That coupled with the competitive nature of the field of athletics led her on a search for a deeper purpose very early on in life thus began her journey on the path of yoga which brought her back to her roots in india she now combines her passion for wellness and quest for spirituality by teaching both the physical practice of yoga asana as well as yoga philosophy by breaking down but not diluting the complex themes of yoga for the 21st century practitioner She holds a master's degree in yoga and represents and teaches at SRMD Yoga, a global initiative founded by her guru Pooja Gurudev Shri Rakesh Bai. So let's get right into the conversation with Avni Talsania. Hi Avni, thank you so much for joining us today. I already know that I'm going to have so much fun recording this today simply because of how much I've enjoyed your company over the years. while we were do, both doing our masters at svyasa or also known as swami vivekananda yoga anusandhana samsthana so happy to have you here how are things in your part of the world hi deepthi i'm so happy to be here things are interesting i'm in a safe little bubble but all around me there's loads of chaos so really grateful to be where i am This is a really good excuse for me to just like get loads of your wit because that's like what got me through the MSc. If I wasn't like sitting next to you the entire course, I would have just I don't know how to and have interpreted the weird things that we were witnessing. So this is just great. Now I can continue the banter. Yes, likewise. Before we get into discussing the topic at hand today, tell us a little bit about your growing up years in the US. Uh, yeah, in terms of uh, how I got into yoga, or like before yoga, before yoga, I was always inclined towards sports. Like, see me as a kid, I would be outside playing without shoes on, like with the boys. So I knew that was something that I felt really happy in. And in the US, where I'm from, we used to play really competitively. We, girls were like really, really good, to be honest. And in sports, I used to play football and track and field and. we made it to some of my teammates made it to the almost olympic level so it was a really big deal and i as much as i loved it eventually got really tired of the competitive um nature of things and sometimes you just feel like you're a machine and there's got to be more to this so eventually i moved to india for lots of reasons like spirituality being the main one 
um, the only one. And, and it's, it seemed like it was just slowly ironing out every aspect of my life and putting the things that I love, but aligning it into the right direction, like using my inclinations and my capabilities in a way where I can also spiritually blossom. So I really learned a lot in that transition. So I discovered yoga and I'd taken lots of classes in the US and I knew instantly that this was something that spoke to me. Like I felt really peaceful and there was almost a mystery around it, which I wanted to explore deeper. So that little whisper inside you that knows this is the right thing, there's just tapping into a, a different part of you mm -hmm. where, you know, the negativities of other disturbances in your head, they just dim, dim down and it's tapping into to a better part of you, a higher space. So I followed it and, and slowly I just, one class led to another. I realized I needed, I wanted to start to learn how to be a teacher, not because I, you know, had a passion to teach, but because I needed to understand yoga. And it just so happened that the only courses that were giving me that inf information were teacher training courses. So by the end of it, I realized that teaching was another medium for learning. And I was able to be learned from the theory to the practice, every aspect of it. So then the teaching journey began and I was traveling around India, starting in Bombay, then Rishikesh, then Mysore, then Bangalore, finally with you. And each one of those schools gave me a new aspect and a new dimension to yoga. And I think honestly, the search, the search is still on for me, but I'm just really glad I've come this far. I'm scratched more of the surface than before. Mm -hmm. So where did yoga feature in all of this? So spirituality happened to be separate from yoga and the two just merged like epically. So as I said, like my sports journey was going on parallel to that. I was introduced, somebody, some amazing man came to the, to the US and was giving like satsang. So I was introduced to what the concept of the soul and the concept of everlasting happiness, concept of being independent, being control of your thoughts uh, for the first time in my life. And that was the most empowering idea because I was a teenager in high school. And as you know, we're all really vulnerable to things. We don't feel like we have any control over our emotions, our behavior. And someone's telling me like, you can take charge of your life. You have the power to decide your relationships, your responses, your stress. You know, work doesn't have to be stressful. That was a groundbreaking topic for me. I was always stressed in high school, like wanting to do well, but always struggling between putting myself you know, in painful situations in the process. And I was like, you know, success doesn't, shouldn't come with so much like heaviness. Someone's telling me that you can be content and, and at peace with yourself, but also really, really successful and more perfect. And, and the key to that is being detached. So I was, this is, this is where it's at. This is what I want to know and be like and live like. And at the time I was at Boston University and uh, still like getting introduced to these concepts and i realized that finally that i wasn't i needed to follow this person or this school of philosophy if i wanted to actually change my life to this way because one or two talks didn't really do it it's a, it's a lifetime practice and so I, I made a decision to leave boston university 
although it was such an ideal setup. Honestly, I had the perfect college town, awesome friends, amazing classes, doing classes from anthropology to literature and Spanish, lots of things, business. And I decided that what I really, what's really going to give me peace and happiness is permanently is not something I can find here, although it has basically everything else. So I said, like, let me take a leave of absence and play it by year. And I followed my heart and followed this person. And this person uh, stayed in Bombay. So I shifted and I spent a few months traveling to the ashram, spending a lot of time learning more. And I was right. It's a, it's, I just, it was the tip of the iceberg. There was so much more to learn and so much more to actually like hone, like virtues and qualities to cultivate in yourself to see the results of this practice in your life. I let go of my place in, in BU and completely shifted to India. And that man ended up being my, my guru to this day. And I've never looked back. And while that was going on, doing what I love and know best, like running and playing sports, I've, I discovered the yoga classes and there were some great teachers here that I had really easy access to being in Bombay. And slowly my practice shifted to that and it just all came together because it was giving me that food for my spiritual thirst. And I was starting to experience that stuff that I craved beyond the competition and the body and the aesthetics and the strength obsessions. And it was starting to give me a stillness and depth and emotional resilience. And I'm like, this is how I can navigate my inclination in the best way. So yeah, that's how it started. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a 180 that takes a lot of conviction to go through at such a young age. And uh, when I first met you at the master's course, the first thing that stood out to me was how you found a way to see something positive in everyone you interacted with. And that probably has a lot to say about your own sadhana over the years. Thank you. Also, I didn't know you felt that way about me. Thank you. Uh, I was 19, actually, when I shifted. So it was quite a, quite a tender age. <laughs> Absolutely. Getting into the work you're doing presently at the SRMD Ashram, uh, what inspired you to move there? Tell us a little bit about the ashram life that you've been leading for the past year or so. Yeah, I, this place is the reason for my own transformation. Like, Just to give you an example, it's obviously not important and I don't judge anybody based on this, but I was someone that really enjoyed like parties when I was in high school in America and two months within my shift to, to India I stopped drinking and it wasn't like you know I'm not going to make any comments about that it's, it's up to you but for in my personal experience I was just expanding my own happiness because I was like I'm going to take control of even how much I can feel free and I want to be able to do that when I want to do that so uh, and I all these experiences just added up over the years and I'm so grateful to this space where I am right now for being such a catalyst for my own transformation. Um, also, I have a house here and I'm like, I'm currently in this place called Srimadha Chandra Mission, uh, Dharampur. It's a town in Gujarat, just about four or five hours from Bombay. And this is where my family has retired. I spent months here, especially during this lockdown, got like 
lots of little gardens and meditation corners and community service going on. We have COVID hospital, we have animal care hospital, something for, for women empowerment. There's 10 different charities within this ashram. And you know, just, there's, there's something for everyone. And I, I just love it. The energy is so charging. Seeing the guru here and getting his, his satsang, his wisdom, and my friends, like mind, having a like-minded community is so powerful. So I'm so happy to be here right now. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Going by the pictures I've seen on your social media, uh, the place looks beautiful and so full of uplifting energy. I would love to visit there someday for sure. And uh, it looks like just the right environment to you know, help get back onto one's sadhana and stay on the path. And I'm so happy for you that you found this beautiful opportunity. Now, moving on to the topic on hand, finding the heart of yoga. Now, I know for a fact that you weren't really exposed to Sanskrit or Hindi in your growing up years. And um, and I know, I know it because we sat together in our Sanskrit class during our master's. And um, I translated most of it to the best of my abilities. I mean, you were as dedicated as they come, but, and I couldn't be more proud of how far you've come. But I'm just curious to know and would also like to pull your leg a little. So how far has this journey come along? Oh, what, what a heart-piercing question <laughs> for somebody who is craving to know the truth and what all these scriptures are saying, like from yoga to Vedas to Jainism. I am dying to understand like, the original language, but it's been, I've been taking, you know, Hindi classes, trying to read, I can read now slowly so that's been really helpful because in in msc yoga we had sanskrit class so i made it like the goal of my msc was to get an a in sanskrit like that was the because i knew that would have been the hardest part of the whole course for me um and it, and so i i got a private tutor in bombay he used, he used to come like a couple times a week for two hours at a time and he got me all these extra sanskrit books and you will not believe it i got an a plus that was my best score in the whole MSc because I tried so hard. Yeah, I, I mean, it's funny because in the other subjects I could have probably gotten an A plus, but I didn't because I was just so passionate about focusing on Sanskrit. No, but but thank you. And I don't know how far I'll be able to take that language, but I know that there's a lot of power and vibration in the original words and yoga philosophy. It when translated, it doesn't mean the same thing. So even though I can understand some of these Sanskrit quotes, I want to be able to explain it to other people. So because of, of our Hindi background and for me Gujarati as well, like it is easier to digest these, these things from like Yoga Sutras or Bhagavad Gita. Um, and that's insane. I mean, to say a Sanskrit shloka, we, we know this. They were so adamant about us to recite the shloka in this in a particular, like a vernacular, a particular tonation, volume, like rhythm even, only when it's packaged that way can, like mm -hmm. without understanding it on an intellectual level, can the vibration even like reach each cell of your body. So it was important for me to be able to, 
do that and experience something that I know is real and I know I guess the the journey is always going to go on and the learning will go on but but the philosophy aspect of it it's brilliant it's exactly what I expected or dreamt of when I was in America that it, those those questions that I that I mentioned earlier like it has the answers to them literally has the answer I mean, our, our school Esgasa it, it preaches like stress like it will put it in a scientific equation like why does stress get created how can you you know change the equation by reducing your activity and slowing down and it just put everything in a very methodological way so i appreciated that and it's it's now empowers us as teachers to explain that in a, in a scientific lens like putting the philosophy and the science together because it all is completely scientific all right so speaking of your latest offering on uh, yoga international the heart of yoga I've seen bits and pieces of it, and I think it's uh, wonderfully put together, well-structured. So what was your inspiration behind putting this course together? So one of my burning points, pain points in, in this whole journey has been, like, why does the whole world think that yoga is about flexibility? Because that's not what to me. It never has. It's not my motive. So I don't know, when people come to me, I'm like hurt when they say, can you please make me lose weight and please make me do a split? Like you're reducing me to a mirror. Like. <laughs> so I, I wanted to teach the yoga that I'm like, okay, I understand if you misinterpreted this, but now I'm going to take it upon myself to make sure that it's not my fault that you misinterpreted this. This is what yoga is. So it was, it's, it's very much what has spoken to me. I called it the heart of yoga. It's the aspiration. It's the goal. It's why we're all doing this and what's been lost. So my like my the subtitle of the course is the lost teachings of yoga because for some reason in the wellness age, all of the fancy poses have been passed down over the century, which is ridiculous. And the essence has not been passed down. And I think that doesn't speak well for us as Indians and as Westerners because they're propagating something which we haven't really propounded correctly or clearly, maybe not, maybe not incorrectly, but clearly enough. So I, I'm taking it on myself as someone who is to correct it and to say this is to almost to reclaim it and, and redefine, not even redefine, to show what yoga actually always has been. I always say, like use this analogy yoga is a piece of gold and you're using it as a paperweight and you're using it to about one percent of it for your own like aesthetical purpose when it can actually change you know that if you knew that was a piece of gold you, you would be rich so it's about it's about not just the philosophy of of yoga but how can we practice the asanas and the breath and every other thing the mantras the journaling the introspection every day so that we are moving along our journey of inner transformation and that we reach our goal which is spelled out super clearly in the yoga sutras samadhi like liberation if you don't even believe in that concept like why are you doing yoga that might be a little too too intense but at least your goal should be beyond the body hmm Absolutely. I think that is the, uh, you know, need of the art today, because I've seen you uh, closely take the, the practice both on and off the mat. I've seen you do that very closely. 
and uh, yeah it's that's very inspiring the course you've put up and uh, all the work you're doing around that i think uh, it's amazing we so need more much, people Steve. doing this yeah tell us a little bit about you know where our listeners can find you other courses that you're offering and uh, just a little bit about that so this year has been a, the age of digital work every yoga teacher is on zoom on line on different apps so you can definitely find me anywhere you are in the world on youtube um zoom my instagram will always be updating about what my next workshop is and i'm just i'm taking that this space as a time to actually do what i care about whereas usually we would have such a packed schedule for classes like in bombay i have three four classes a day at different studios or at people's homes and i would be focusing on customizing it exactly as per what that person wants but because of the social distancing now i'm taking this time to do what i re- what really resonates with me and you're going to see like a lot more courses coming out uh, from me on yoga international um on my youtube and i even have a course on thinkific which is just a private course page yeah and some some other things wonderful so I'll put up the links to your social media handles and the course on uh, Yoga International. And before we wrap up, what is your one advice or tip for anyone looking to uh, move beyond the physical practice and explore the philosophy part of yoga? I would make it extremely personal to you. And I would ask yourself like two things. Why did you like this yoga class? You know, there ha- there has to be something different about it which makes you come back the second time. And I'm sure for almost everybody it would be the peace and the stillness. And can you explain why you felt that way? Probably not. You know, it's not just that you're sitting down because you're sitting down all the time. You're sitting down in your office, you're sitting down, you know, at having lunch. So why do you feel different when you're sitting down after a yoga class? So tell me that and then I would ask make you ask yourself does that shed any light on your level of happiness throughout the day like if this is giving you a little bit of peace where is that the rest of your day so i would ask yourself like what truly makes you feel deeply at peace and happiness and have you found many of those moments in the day and if not then you need to follow that like you need to follow that like you would follow your happiness and then then you can start picking up any book of yoga philosophy i would just i would write i would look at explanations of the yoga sutras not the direct yoga sutras because it's not really advisable for someone to just read those 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 scriptures directly it when it's interpreted i would talk, i would look at the first part which is the yamas and the niyamas because that is the that is like the essence of the yoga sutras and all of our practices and if you can if you're interested in that if you're interested in like working on those qualities then i think you're golden it's funny because that's what patanjali said too like <laughs> this is where you start don't do asana do one and do two yeah i mean it's interesting that you mentioned the yamas and niyamas because you know the asana the physical part of it is only the third step and it's also just one step out of the eight steps so i think in today's day and age there's so much importance you know laid on that one particular physical aspect but yeah i think that's a great starting point for 
anyone looking to start off with yoga philosophy? I mean, it's fine if you're doing yoga for physical reasons. I think it's a great starting point. And I'm sure you're going to be more you know, in, in curious about the other stuff naturally. And it's never too late to go into the philosophy and read up about it and, or ask me. I'm happy to talk to you about it um, related to your life as well. And then see if that connects. If you take that knowledge into your yoga practice, it can be much more effective. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I think the physical part uh, practice is something that most of us start off with. And uh, but it's important to know that that's not the only part of yoga. Yoga encompasses so much more than that. And we need reminders uh, from time to time. So on that wonderful, insightful note, I think we'll wrap up this episode and uh, absolutely loved having you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Deepthi. I'm sure we can talk about anything from our funky, quirky teachers Lots of lots of things. I would love to know more about your personal journey too. You have such an inspiring story and you're so sincere and dedicated in your practice and now extending that passion beyond yoga and beyond teaching, which I'm so glad because I think there's so much to talk about and there's so much knowledge that's necessary to be transferred before even just mechanically jumping on a mat. So I'm really, really glad you're doing this and I'm so grateful that you called me here thank you thank you so much inspired by you know all wonderful teachers around me such as yourself and uh, really happy thank you if you enjoyed listening to this podcast please subscribe on apple podcast google spotify and stitcher i'd appreciate it if you could leave a review on apple podcast goes a long way in spreading the message If you'd like to support this podcast and contribute towards creating quality ad-free content, you can log on to patreon.com forward slash the deep things podcast. And of course, you can find all these links below in the show notes. Thank you for your support. See you next time.